my bride, Nancy, gave me the greatest gift over Hanukkah. She repaired my father's watch, the watch my father of blessed memory was wearing when he died almost nine years ago. Although a day doesn't go by without thinking of my sweet father holding his watch up to my ear, hearing the second hand tick is like a seashell channeling the sound of his voice. It takes me back to the last moments of his life by his bedside. My father with measured breaths, getting ready to transition to the mystery of the world to come, made clear his message, his blessing to me. And I, in turn, assured him that his legacy would live on. And that's what I'd like to talk about tonight, the blessings we receive from others and the legacy of others we choose to carry on. This week in Parashat Vayechi, we approach the end of the book of Genesis. We join our patriarch Jacob with all of his family gathered by his deathbed. The text reads, Vaikra Yaakov el banav vayomer haasvu vaagida lechem et asher yikra etchem baacharit hayamim. And Jacob called his sons and said, Come together that I may tell you what is to befall you in the days to come. Jacob gathered all his children intent on looking into the crystal ball, telling each of them what their future holds. Instead, what Jacob does is speak to each of his sons about their character and special gifts. As with all foundational myths, Judaism uses this story to teach us something primary about the relationship between parents and children in particular and between human beings in general. The rabbi's creative explanation why Jacob does not reveal the future is simple. The Midrash states that in that moment, the Spirit of God departed from Jacob. In other words, Jacob's superpower of seeing into the future shared by all biblical prophets given at God's behest was temporarily taken away by God. Perhaps the lesson to be learned is that the future is not preordained. We are not stuck with who we were last year, who others think we are, or can only narrowly imagine us to be. 
It is, of course, the human enterprise to imagine, to dream about the future wherever we are in our lives. And as we begin a new year and a new decade, it's healthy to be aspirational, to consider who and what we want to become. Sometimes the lives for which we aspire don't serve us well. Sometimes life just happens and things don't go our way. We discover that much of what defines us as human beings is how we respond to those things, yes, for which we're responsible, and all those things that just happen to us simply out of our control. In this way, Torah and life teach us that the future depends on our character, knowing our strengths and our weaknesses. Sometimes family and friends, those who know us best, who love and care about us, are in the best position not to, protect, not to predict the future, but to point out our gifts as well as our faults. That's the blessing that Jacob bestows upon his sons. Parents throughout the ages think about the legacy they will leave behind, how they will be remembered, Will their values and beliefs be carried on by the next generation? In this spirit, the rabbis have another lesson to teach us based on the same verse. And the verse being, and Jacob called his sons and said, come together that I may tell you what is to befall you in the days to come. Now keep in mind that Jacob has lived the last decades of his life in Egypt, all of his family living in comfort and in wealth in a foreign land, surrounded by a culture of idol worship. On his deathbed, Jacob is understandably concerned about the continuity of faith in the God of his grandfather, the God of his father, and now his God, the God of Yisrael. He desperately wants to see the future and what faith life will look like for his family. And once again, the Midrash tells us that God's presence was removed from Jacob. His ability to see the future was replaced by a dialogue between father and sons. Jacob says, could it be that my bed has produced an unfit son? As happened to Abraham, my father's father, out of whom sprang Yishmael. Or as happened to my father Isaac, out of whom sprang Esau. His sons responded, assuring him 
of their steadfast faith. Hear, O Israel, our Father, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Just as in your heart, Dad, there is only one, so in our hearts there is only one. Then our father Jacob pronounced for the first time the benediction, Bless be the name whose glorious kingdom is forever and ever. Wow. First of all, the story of the Jewish people has always been concerned about the continuity of faith from one generation to the next. Most of our history as Jews has been lived in foreign countries with diverse faith traditions often enticed or pressured to assimilate, if not discard Judaism altogether. The rabbis project this anxiety onto Jacob and the 12 tribes. Why? Because they know Jews will need stories of reassurance that our faith will continue from generation to generation. The words you heard the 12 sons say in unison to their father are the most familiar words in the Jewish faith. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. As we know, the rabbis lack no chutzpah, no better displayed than them preempting even Moses, who in the book of Deuteronomy, in his last speech to the Israelite people, utters for the first time in Torah, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Yet the rabbis take these words and insert them into the mouths of the 12 sons four books earlier because they are the most powerful words in Jewish tradition to proclaim our faith. And what better response to place in Jacob's mouth than the words we are used to in following the Shema, Baruch Shem Kivod Malchuto Le'olam Va'ed. Blessed be the name whose glorious kingdom is forever and ever. Better than having the power to see into the future, Jacob is given the greatest gift. He hears his sons affirm what Jacob valued most dearly in his life through his own struggles with the divine and the mortal, the practice to actively listen, Shema, to pay attention, to be open 
to experience the presence of God in the extraordinary and in the ordinary. Jacob's response is one that declares his life is complete. His legacy and the faith of his ancestors he knows is now in good hands. He can close his eyes in peace. Baruch Shem Kivod Malchuto Le'olam Va'ed. Blessed be the name whose glorious kingdom is forever and ever. So tonight as we finish the book of Genesis, we traditionally say the words in community, chazak, chazak, venit chazek. Seeing and being strengthened by the gifts in one another while proclaiming the faith of our ancestors that demand us to lead with kindness and see the oneness of God reflected in all of creation. So I invite you to say those words together in community, letting the generations that have gone before us know and those that come after that their faith is in good hands. Chazak, chazak, venit chazak. chazak.